Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to look at creator's perspective on artificial intelligence and the internet. I think this is a, an important topic and uh, one of great fascination and uh, prescience, indeed. Yeah, I would agree with you. There are many aspects that are moving forward, uh, you know, with rapidity in our culture, embracing artificial intelligence, yearning for it, planning all kinds of applications, and we're seeing them already popping up with smart appliances and and all of the uh, internet capabilities to sort of integrate with every human transaction. And this has benefits, but it has a downside and it can have some serious downsides as well. And we want to get into that because a lot of this is insidious in its origination. And this is a warning the people have not heard before. Yes. So the very first question we ask about a character in Star Trek The Next Generation by the name of Data. Data is an an android humanoid. He looks like a a human being. Uh, He was a commander. He had a rank of officer. But he was fully a robot, but uh, a very human-style robot. had white skin and all that, interesting eyes. But if if you're not familiar with the character of Data, just Google it. Star Trek Next Generation Data, um, and you'll find this very fascinating figure. U.S. creator Carl, in the series Star Trek The Next Generation, the character of Data presents a number of conundrums. The biggest one is whether Data is just a robot or something more. The debate was whether Data was in fact a new life form and therefore entitled to all the natural rights of biological beings. Wickedly smart yet childlike and benevolent to a fault, Data seemed to exude more genuine love than most of the humans in the show. This runs contrary to what we have been told is the nature of the robotic alien greys and artificial intelligence in general. What is creator's perspective on this fictional character is, and is it even possible to manufacture a creation such as Data? All right, and this is what I channeled from creator and answer. What you are comparing and contrasting between the character of Data, a benign, helpful, and supportive robotic being, and the Arcturian greys, reflects more their creator and the values held than whether a robotic device can be made to mimic the most desirable of human qualities. It would only be natural in a future setting of human beings, at least if they have retained humanitarian goals and are in reasonable divine alignment, that any robotic beings they create to be assistants will have built in some human traits, if only as programmed responses to be friendly, to be supportive, to be a good listener, and to react in a friendly and supportive way when interacting with human beings and not project a selfish agenda of its own. When you look at the Arcturians, they are a race of functional sociopaths, devoid of character and the ability to feel or express love in any manner. This is the hallmark of the true sociopath, 
a being who is entirely self-serving and unable to feel any compassion, mercy, or human sensitivity to the plight of others, but only wanting to take for themselves regardless of the consequences to those around them. From that description, it is easy to understand that if they create a robotic technology of worker bees, those robotic beings will not have built within them any capacity for loving thoughts, any kind of impetus to make a gesture of loving kindness, or in any way do anything that is helpful other than what they are ordered to do. Because in the race of extraterrestrials you speak of, there is a strict power hierarchy that controls and runs everything. Everyone has their marching orders and must adhere to them. And this is no less true of the robotic beings. Being devoid of emotion, it is easier for them to be subservient and not react to the abuse this hierarchy represents. And fortunately, being mere machine and not biology, they are tireless and only concerned about their inner programming and the goals it is set for them. They have some ability to have self-motivation, but like their creators, it is a selfish one. So interacting with the alien grays is not a rewarding or pleasant experience for human beings because they are cold and indifferent, as well as being dangerous, because they expect humans to obey them just as they report to their Arcturian overseers. And if humans do not, they have the capacity to inflict pain. This is how their culture operates. Data is soft and gentle because humans have a soft and gentle side and would not want to create a robotic being that is arrogant and commanding and demanding of the humans around it to get what it wants. That would be seen and felt quickly by human beings as hostile and abrasive and would not be tolerated. This is why you also see in your artificial intelligence technology currently available to the consumer that smart speakers and other electronic devices that can be programmed to listen to the human voice and act on instructions or commands will be uniformly pleasant and neutral and tireless in carrying out requests, but often done with a pleasant female voice and a pleasing tone. This is simply good business, but it does reflect human values as well. Well, this is an interesting answer. I I think that creator is implying here without saying, you know, emphatically directly, but certainly implying that a creature such as data is certainly possible, that one could be built in the future and uh, serve a similar role, perhaps. Yeah. Only as good as we are, though. Exactly. It's a reflection of the beings that create them. Okay. And the humans are currently moving towards secularism cutting themselves off from the lifeline of creator and the love line. Yep. Those are two names for the same thing. Our link to divinity depends on our belief in the divine. And when you give that up, you're you're going down a path of gradual diminishment. And this is the danger of artificial intelligence turning to technology right. as a guide, as an answer. Yeah, we'd be going down the same road as the Arcturians if we stay on the secular path. You ask, Creator, our computer systems are based on a binary language. Our entire computing infrastructure is based entirely on combinations of ones and zeros. It is amazing that just two digits can, it's amazing what just two digits can manifest, and yet from another angle, it seems unbelievably primitive. Is computing within the ET Alliance also wholly binary, or is it based on constructs we have either yet to discover or implement? 
All right, you creative geniuses out there, here's your divine uh, hint how to make a fortune. We can tell you there are indeed more elaborate means of doing calculations, which is the bedrock process for storing and displaying information. Your description of using only zeros and ones to comprise anything and everything needing to be considered and operated on for exchange of knowledge and to provide instructions to carry out many operations and business, healthcare, education, and so on, shows that while versatile, this binary approach is simplistic. The fact that it works does not mean it is the best and only way to program instructions, only that it is simple to understand and therefore versatile because people can learn to work with that approach and do the coding needed to make things go. At the same time, by virtue of its simplicity, this implies there are huge inefficiencies because of the many iterative steps that must be done in a series of looping counting operations in order to create decision trees to translate stored data into a more understandable format and to have programming language that functions like a human instruction that enables a complex process to go forth and be implemented by perhaps many subsidiary devices that are connected in a kind of network. That huge redundancy and inefficiency of the mass digital operations required, even for simple programs, means there is a need for time for this to be accomplished and a need for significant amounts of energy because of the inefficiency and its wastefulness. This has been a struggle all along in the computer field, the desire for greater and greater information storage capacity and the ability to carry out facile operations with lightning speed and do things unimaginable a generation ago, for example, mathematical calculations that are at the limits of human capability to even conceive, let alone carry out in a lifetime. Such operations being non-trivial to the human perspective are still daunting to the human level technology provided by your current computers, even though they have made quantum leaps from the early beginnings of the technological field. But this by no means indicates you are at a ceiling. The need for more speed and power and the heat generated has created a whole series of advancing technologies to cope with these complications. But even though today's machines are blazingly fast compared to even 10 years ago, there is a desire to continue optimization because the demands have grown so in wanting to digitize everything and to interconnect everything via the Internet to simplify and streamline all that is done in the human culture. The reason there have not been advances to break out from the binary approach is that humans are constrained through mind control manipulation to discount such ideas and to discourage innovators and misdirect them away from making advances. And if something is conceived, it will be thwarted in some way to discredit it or sideline the innovator, and if necessary, take their life to prevent an advance that would benefit humans hugely. That has been the course of history all along in every field of endeavor. You could be more efficient and have a greater impact for the better in every field of human endeavor without this overlay of suppression. Well, it's interesting and disturbing that we kind of have a hard stop in terms of going beyond the binary system, but not because of our lack of capability or ingenuity, but because we're being stopped by the ET alliance. 
Yeah, and this this is disheartening. And as a scientist, I can tell you, I I experienced tremendous personal disappointment. That's the only way I can describe it. It's almost like a, a mourning and a grieving when I learned that they are routinely interfering with clinical trials yeah, of yeah. things like new medicines, both to promote things that are mediocre and to discourage and defeat things that have real value by making them look mediocre, right. by manipulating the, the clinical testing. So you cannot count on science itself on any level uh, to yeah, be yeah. accurate and true. I agree. I, I, I think I share some of that grief with you. You ask, Creator, we know the ET Alliance has made copious use of nanotechnology, molecular-sized processors that are, in fact, miniature computers in their own right. Humans, too, are now able to manufacture and utilize microtech. UFO abductees have often been implanted with, a strange, with strange miniature devices that even now remain enigmatic. But we have also learned that the ET Alliance can utilize wholly energetic implants and have no dependency on a material implant. Can energy itself be shaped into a computer with its own operating system? All right. These are creator's words and answer. You are seeing the connecting thread here in the descriptions we have given you about these alien technologies and their mechanistic basis to discern there is an avenue for advancement of human technology as well. This remains to be seen, whether it will come about under the current regime of subjugation. But indeed, the micro-miniaturization of electronics has been a parallel that has followed the alien lead all along from the very beginning. That is what is behind the integrated circuit in particular and all of the advanced technologies designed to miniaturize electronics to an ever smaller dimension. This too is a way to reduce energy requirements because while electrons move at the speed of light, when huge numbers of iterative calculations need to be accomplished, it makes a difference how great a distance those electrons need to travel to exert an influence in presenting a signal of some kind. And this miniaturization greatly increases efficiency, not to mention portability advantages. And in the case of the alien application, covert implantation of a complex device to be a communication center within a person's body. That device will transmit much information about them, their thoughts, their feelings, their interaction with everything going on through their senses, as well as an update on their bodily functions and so on. It is a two-way communicator able to receive instructions to perturb any desired bodily system for nefarious purposes and to control that individual through their thoughts and feelings as well, or punish them as the case might be. So what you are seeing in the human technologies is a mimicry of the lead provided by the aliens. While your uses are still relatively benign, other than for military and intelligence applications, there is an amoral aspect to the way such technologies have moved into the commercial sector. There is a fine line between relatively benign psychological manipulations like advertising and the delivery of subliminal messages that bypass conscious awareness and an ability to think about and perhaps discount or reject a commercial message of some kind. 
when it is beaming directly into your subconscious, that is a different matter. And indeed, you are being bombarded continually by alien propaganda to cultivate your beliefs to their liking. This is the bad example we hope you will not follow as a culture. Well, it's interesting that Creator doesn't think, I guess, there's a problem with billboards, <laughs> uh, so to speak. But yeah, this is interesting that, um, you know, this whole idea of, of bypassing and going straight to the subconscious and, and really the deep subconscious in many cases, right? Yes. Um, that, that's, that's problematic at a very high level for sure. Yeah, it's a part of the mind that's below conscious awareness. And when they talk to it, they have free reign. They can propagandize up and down and do it 24-7. And you will not know consciously this is going on, but it will gradually shape your inner beliefs to dislike things, embrace others, doubt, or believe intensely in something that might before that have been, you know, very iffy in your thinking and something you would, you know, essentially had rejected. But now you'll turn and you'll embrace it and join in the march. It's like the lemmings being let off the cliff at the seashore. It's <laughs> it's a programming, brainwashing technology, and it's ubiquitous. They have these little microchips and food and beverages, and people are ingesting them, and they're looking at their screens. And that's where the signals are coming from, cell phones, computer screens, televisions. It's all beaming alien propaganda 24-7, deep in the mind. Well, you know, I, I wasn't sure whether there was an answer here on the very last question, which was, is it, is it possible to create an actual energetic computer that, that's, you know, really built on energy and not on matter, per se? What, what, what feeling did you get when you got this answer? Did you feel like that creator was saying yes to that or was maybe holding off on answering that? I think this this was ignoring it for the time being, you know, because th this whole approach, creator is saying, is a bad idea. It's fraught right. with peril. Yeah, just we, the we should part. not be attempting to manipulate anyone with means of this kind. So right. creator doesn't want to be a party to advancing the technology in 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 this regard. So. Right. So I could be wrong. It might just be this is such a long, complex, multiple question that yeah, yeah. Uh, multi-part question that you know, creator just didn't get around to it because I didn't hold that thought long enough in my head. Right. But well, I didn't you, like it. I can tell you, I didn't <laughs> like that extra part of the question. Well, I, I can appreciate that. The, the question you know, was based like on asking creator, you know, how can we mimic the alien technology to really be super slick and manipulate people? <laughs> right. Well, we, yeah, exactly. That, that is problematic. The, the reason I came up with that question is because we do we have learned that there are such things as energetic implants, right? I mean, indeed. So uh, you know, it seems like, well, is that a miniature energe energetic-based computer in its own right? That was basically the essence of the question. But I certainly appreciate your stance that we don't want to, you know, build an ambition for that right now because there's really no. No use for it, it seems, other than manipulating people at a subconscious level they're not aware of, which is something, someplace we don't want to go. Yeah, well, I, I can envision a way to create that that I don't want to talk about. But it, it's, again, it, it's sort of like, um, 
you know, it's like being a part of the uh, the the arms industry. You know, do you yeah. do you want to participate, or is that not your cup of tea? And something you don't want to add your energy to, and have your karma affected by. Sure. You know, if you serve the the cause of darkness that leads to the death of people, you're linked karmically forever to that decision and its consequences in some way or another. It's no different than who you vote for. It will make a difference karmically to right. your future, or if you don't vote. Well, I can certainly appreciate you want you don't want to knock over that domino. <laughs> no, I not personally. So yeah. I mean, we we can re-ask that sub question, sure, and see what happens for your personal curiosity. I suspect it's something pretty far beyond human capability or oh, an, sure an ability is. to even envision the means to yeah. research it. But I, I could be wrong. Yeah, that's, the Anunnaki that's five billion years ahead of us, so <laughs> it's a long time, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the technological prowess. Be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. Uh, you can investigate a lot of these questions that have already been asked that have answers like this one at the GetWisdom.com database, uh, Divine Wisdom database. You can check that out at GetWisdom.com slash DB, GetWisdom.com slash DB, and download the Lightworker Healing Protocol ebook, GetWisdom.com slash LHP, and we'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after that. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at GetWisdom.com. That's contact at GetWisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to this week's second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about Creator's perspective on artificial intelligence and the Internet. And I think we've gotten some pretty amazing answers so far. And there's more to come on this, I believe. Probed into a number of aspects of both of these technological um, capabilities. They're influencing our culture profoundly, and that influence is only growing. And it it's turns out that we're kind of trailing other civilizations that have been there and done it long before us. And unfortunately, they're using that means as a kind of Trojan horse to infiltrate our institutions. And to the extent we open up 
this mass communication network that connects everything, they can spy on us. They can intrude. They can manipulate through that same technology in ways we wouldn't imagine. So we're getting a little bit of an earful here, but it's an important message to come forward because people need to be awakened and motivated to do something. And we're going to get to that as well. Absolutely. You asked creator, we have been told repeatedly about the dangers of Wi-Fi. It is pushed on us relentlessly while fiber optics for signal transmission, especially in the United States, is slow to be utilized. Is the use of fiber optics safe? Are there potentially safe implementations of more localized Wi-Fi like Bluetooth, while the primary conveyance can be done more safely with fiber optics rather than 5G and microwaves? If so, then why is this not being aggressively pursued? All right, and this is Creator's words. What you have described here is literally true and correct. The use of fiber optic transmission of digital messages is safe compared to beaming them through the air. With the fiber optic cable system, the energy is confined to those cables and connectors and is not polluting the environment like the electronic signals that are omnipresent in almost every space and soon will be all-encompassing with the full rollout of 5G or other advanced Wi-Fi technologies from the use of low orbital satellite networks that literally cover the globe and beam unhealthy radiation at you 24-7. It is far safer to use a Bluetooth device than to hold a cell phone to your ear because you are farther away from the microwave radiation that is being emanated. But it is better to use a wired headphone of some kind that does not rely on a Wi-Fi signal of any sort. There is little danger from the direct current flowing through a headphone cord. So all of these technologies are produced and promoted with no thought to safety on the part of the designers and manufacturers, for the most part. Nor are regulatory agencies stepping up and taking appropriate action to consider safety when there is actually mounting scientific evidence of the harm from microwaves, things involving both cell phones, and the Wi-Fi signals that are worsened in the newer generation 5G architecture. There are, in fact, devastating consequences that are ever-present and growing. By the time human society figures this out, it will be too late to save the many thousands dead from cancers and other maladies they cause. As your question points out, there are already effective technologies to allow digital communications transmitted safely. The fact that is not being done is entirely sinister. Without suppression through mind control, safety would have been considered from the outset, looked into carefully, and then been part of a global decision to constrain and confine the electronic components within a physical network such as a fiber optic cable system, rather than beam it everywhere in the environment. Well, this is, you know, one of those answers that I suspected was the case, and Creator just underlined it and confirmed it. And sometimes you don't want to know that. <laughs> but well, yes. it, it, it's shocking for people to hear these things, and I, I get it. I don't want to hear them myself. Yeah. I don't want to think about the fact that house wiring of AC current does the same thing. It's dangerous. It emanates 
electromagnetic frequencies that shorten your lifespan. But that is the case. Yeah. And, you know, ignoring it doesn't help you. No, <laughs> and, no. You know, it's not easy to change yeah. as an individual, but there needs to be an awakening and a discussion and to go from there politically to, to mount some pushback on the system and get safety into the discussion. That's probably the first step. Well, a lot of healing has to take place before we can get there on a large scale, I think. You ask creator, can love be programmed within artificial intelligence? And if not, why not? All right, creator tells us, love cannot be programmed, only mimicked. So it is possible to create a computer program, even with small consumer grade laptops, that will seem to think and act like a human being because you can create a series of algorithms to listen to human speech, categorize it, and follow a decision tree to respond with seemingly sensitive and thoughtful replies. This has been demonstrated many years ago in the construction of artificial intelligence as a therapist to interact with troubled people on the phone where the machine provides a listening ear and a supportive dialogue of encouragement, understanding, and compassion, seemingly, and in a sense it is. In actuality, because it is human knowledge, awareness, understanding, and compassion that are being programmed as a simulation within the routines of the software to be a stand-in for a human with this simulated human-like nurturing response. But that is hardly the same thing as the machine feeling love and being able to act through genuine love with all of the many nuances and complexities where love is vitally important in the conduct of things. Love, in fact, is the most powerful force of the universe and is involved in everything, everywhere. Machines have yet to reach anywhere near that level of sophistication, and in fact, it is the inability to recreate love in all its varieties, flavors, and frequencies in the same way a human being can do that will forever keep machines a second tier and a mere mimic of the human being and far from its equal. This is not to say you cannot have a robotic housekeeper that follows your instructions and will do anything you ask with a program cheerfulness and cooperativity. That is hardly the same thing as having a machine that likes you and enjoys your company, wants to be with you and is willing to sacrifice itself for you because of how it feels and not just what it is programmed to do in the event of fire or some other calamity. It is the very idea of love that is the sticking point in the contest between good and evil. This is why evil is so powerful. It is the absence of love and desiring to thwart love, to hit you where it hurts and suppress you where it counts, that gives the darkness its power. That is truly its major weapon. By taking love away, it removes the power of the universe to some degree from all it touches. So rather than have power in its ideas, in its intentions, and in its motivations, it is only through causing harm in that way, through love removal, that it can have any influence among individuals who are in divine alignment and sensitive to love and value love in everything they do. 
Well, I certainly have to agree with you, Carl. This is an incredibly powerful and important answer, I think. Uh, I mean, one of the things I just picked out that's very important, which is kind of an answer to the first question we gave in this uh, in this show, is machines are forever going to be second tier and a mere mimic of human beings and far from its equal. So creators coming out and saying, you're never going to be able to create an artificial human in the true sense of the word. Yes. It's going to be a mimic at the very best, and it's going to forever be that way. It will, machines will never reach that level of sophistication. Indeed. We're, we're only uh, able to impart the semblance of a human being. And of course, today's reality and the cultural uh, realities are that we don't really understand our own nature very well. You know, the readiness to give up a connection to divinity is a good example of that. Yes. You know, what do people prize? What do they cherish? What do they look to in searching for answers? And what do they readily dispense with or even misinterpret as being evil in some way, like religion, that it's a, it's a menace because people can kill in its name. And people kill for all kinds of reasons and with allegiance to all kinds of ideas. But you wouldn't say, well, let's throw out all ideas because they've been right. perverted by someone. You know, you have to look a little more closely at the details to separate the fact from fiction. And what is truly missing and, and wrong about an, uh, an action. And, and the idea that love gives us power is really hard for people. I've struggled with it myself. It seems like a, you know, a sophistry. It seems like a simplistic, feel-good, knee-jerk kind of reaction. Well, love will take care of it. You know? and, right. and there is a deeper truth there that love is always the answer in some way or another. But you have to really truly appreciate the depth and importance of love in everything that happens in order to fully appreciate why it's so profound. Yes. When you take love away from someone that it causes such damage. And this is, this is the mechanism of everything that's bad. I mean, look at our current culture with uh, the idea of racism, systemic racism. Right. What is that other than the diminishment of a group of people. Yeah. And, and it's taking love away by labeling them as lesser or defective, inadequate. And, and that's a diminishment. It's love removal. Yes. So yeah, this, this is a powerful idea and concept to hold in, in mind. I think so. You ask creator garbage in, garbage out is a popular saying. It also implies that the computer itself has no say or self-determination in the matter. Is this fundamentally true of artificial intelligence as well? Can artificial intelligence ever truly be self-determining? All right, and this is creator's answer. There are many ways to program an artificial intelligence-based device to do things on its own. The question is whether this will be for a useful purpose or simply a laboratory exercise to explore what might happen. There is no advantage to humans in giving machines the capability to run things. When not human, there is no way they can factor in human values, perspectives, and qualities in the decision-making needed to carry out complex operations and do so in a fair manner. 
Humans make such calculations all the time. They may, more often than not, value what is fair over what is most efficient, for example. Machines can be taught to do the same thing, but only in a kind of cookie-cutter fashion to make it predictable and more uniform than flexible, to provide such a capability, but without the discernment, to know when it might be the best approach or something that would, in fact, be counterproductive when there are narrow circumstances that arise unlike what has already been experienced. The adaptability and flexibility of the human being is owing to its ability to feel love as much as anything involving intelligence or the cultural influences of learning. Because love is not a product of the material, but is an aspect of divine consciousness, it cannot be created by a machine. So giving machines self-determination will be a mixed blessing and has many inherent dangers because you cannot count on a machine developing wisdom in an appropriate way and in time to prevent major errors of judgment that might be very costly and even harmful. So stay away from Skynet from the Terminator is what Crater is saying here, um, which is a very important warning, of course. But I think an observation I have here is that, you know, if, if machines cannot truly be taught to love or, or exude love or, you know, create love, then offshoots that we've learned are really, you know, properties of love like beauty and uh, the appreciation of beautiful things. The machines will never be able to cope with that. In fact, Beauty sounds like an inefficient thing. You know, why would you mess with that? It just gets in the way. So, a lot of the qualities that we have as human beings that probably go against the idea of efficiency, um, a machine would never be able to create for us. Well, and and we're seeing the cheapening already of the ideas of the interlopers and discouraging so much of human culture that they can't relate to because they are loveless. Right. And this is why the schools continually first hammer on music programs, art programs. They're the first things to get cut, restricted, or pushed down the, the, to the lowest rungs in the academic ladder. When in right. fact, they are the things that are most divine, that most exalt the human divinity within. And are certainly a springboard for growth and advancement. You know, whether or not kids can sell their art on Amazon or eBay isn't the, the criterion. It's whether their soul can be expressed in ways that raises them up. That's what those things are for. Not to please an outside critic, but to explore the inner being and expressiveness of the soul. And that is something you can't put a price on or value to. And it's being just brushed aside because the schools think like the interlopers now. Yep. They're programmed and diminished. Yes, and basically they've taken all the fun out of it. Fun, I think, is a divine characteristic as well. You may have to have a show on the idea of fun sometime, oh. Carl. Well, wait, <laughs> wait until the schools are all filled with robot teachers. Oh, boy. In the classroom. <laughs> Let's think about something else like visiting GetWisdom.com, for instance where you can check out our healing services. We have a healing tab on our main menu on the front page. Check it out. You can uh, hire a practitioner to do the Lightwork Healing Protocol for you that can bring about many benefits and desires for yourself or somebody else. 
uh, as well as learn the Lightworker Healing Protocol yourself, which you can investigate at getwisdom.com slash LHP, getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back to the final segment of Get Wisdom, where we have been exploring creators' perspective on artificial intelligence and the Internet. And uh, we've learned a lot of fascinating things, and I think there's some more more lessons coming up here, Carl. Yes, and some really useful solutions to the dilemmas that we're talking about and the problems we're pointing to that these technologies reflect in various ways. Indeed. Uh, This next question, we're going to revisit Star Trek The Next Generation with another character, the Borg. So if you're not familiar with that uh, character, it's, it's basically a fusion of machine and biology to create uh, the the epitome of the worst nightmare that science fiction has invented. A lot of people think the Borg is probably the epitome of the science fiction villain, and I have to agree with them. U.S. creator, introduced in Star Trek The Next Generation, the Borg was an alien collective of fused biological beings with advanced technology to create a hive mind, considered by many to be the ultimate science fiction villain ever created. The Borg literally had no conscience, no love, no compassion, and saw the entirety of existence as simply a quest for more resources, more control, more power, and greater levels of technological prowess. Was the idea of this ultimate villain and menace to humanity divinely inspired? And if so, what is the important message behind their depiction? All right, and Creator tells us, this clever plotline was indeed divinely inspired because the Borg are a perfect analogy to represent the evil in your alien opposition. The extraterrestrial alliance currently running the Earth are a band of sociopathic criminals and predators who have ensnared, absorbed, or annihilated many civilizations throughout your galaxy in very Borg-like fashion. They take from others to use for themselves 
and enslave those cultures to keep it coming. And those victims lose their independence and their true identity as soul-based beings by turning into minions of that dark alliance, being reduced to following their orders and not free to experiment and play and advance in their own way, particularly in terms of their spirituality, which is, after all, the goal and the only one of importance behind their creation. That is a lot to surrender, and the forcing of this subjugation is the calling card of the extraterrestrial alliance everywhere they go. So the story of the Borg is intended to be a stark warning to the world about trusting extraterrestrials to begin with. What you are dealing with in the extraterrestrial alliance is in fact the Borg with a little window dressing, having learned how you think in your culture to mimic you enough to pose as a friend and helper and manipulate you in the doing to surrender and advance to a Borg-like absorption, digestion, and elimination that will be the end of humanity if you do not see through the Trojan horse campaign being mounted against you by the disclosure movement to gain your trust in the extraterrestrial interlopers. You know, I was taken aback by this answer, Carl. This was this answer is like a bit like a gut punch, you know, uh, that the Borg was indeed violently despi- you know, inspired and represents almost really the perfect fictional portrayal of the extraterrestrial alliance, you know. Um, if you're not familiar with the Borg, there's a Star Trek movie that actually contains the plot line of the Borg. It'd probably be worth checking out, people, if you're not familiar with the, with the villain. Well, and there, there currently is this disclosure movement grooming many to look forward to, longingly, to the advent of a public disclosure that the ETs are real, they're here, they're working with our government and military, they're here to help, they're going to save us, and it's a deception. Yeah. The government and the military are being duped and manipulated to let the fox in the hen house. The, these are the warnings we are getting from Creator. The institutions are already corrupted, you can't rely on your government, you can't rely on your intelligence agencies or military. It's, it's too far gone, and it's always been that way. We're under the control of this alliance, and they're just wanting to come out in the open because it'll make things a little easier to disarm us further. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm drawn by the contrast because, um, you know, the Borg in the, in the films and series have destroyed multiple worlds, literally consumed them until there was nothing left. And uh, just and we learned just recently that the ET Alliance has destroyed thousands of worlds in this galaxy. So this really is a very powerful portrayal of what we're up against. Well, and we're being warned. We are indeed. You ask creator, what is the genuine contrast to be made between the Borg and the more gentle data? And creator answers here again, you have the contrast between good and evil the presence of love or its absence, at least the reflection within data of honoring human life, the value of human feelings and needs and a respect for the beings around him show data to be a quite pleasant and effective robotic assistant who is quite compatible with human beings in a work setting. In contrast, you cannot be friends with the Borg 
you can only be destroyed or incorporated by them to serve them only in ways they desire at the expense of your individuality. And that is an outcome entirely predictable when love is absent. So the only reward available is power over others and gaining of greater power. That is the hollow materialist pursuit of the loveless being without human influence or divine influence contributing some love to the picture. You know, the other thing that struck me about the Borg was that their evil was kind of a mechanistic calculated evil that they didn't even experience hate, you know, because hate is a feeling, right? It's kind of the opposite of love in a very real way. Um, So if you can't experience love, maybe you can't even experience hate, you know, and the evil just becomes purely mechanistic and hollow, you know, which is what the Borg is portrayed as. I don't know. What do you think? Well, in an extreme of becoming an automaton, that might be true, that hate is a waste of time. You have all this power. You don't need to get all worked up about it. You can get more. You can keep what you have and so on. But I think hate has to be respected as the number one motivation for those seeking power to want more. I would agree with that, yes. And to go after it relentlessly and without any morality, because that requires love. Right. (laughs) To have moral regard and uh, values and uh, embrace them. So there again, we're back to the idea of love as being all important. Indeed. Absolutely. As a power in its own right. You ask creator... How can prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol save humanity from the collective threat of the ET Alliance in spite of its overwhelmingly advanced technological prowess? How can both of these tools protect us from the ravages of Wi-Fi and mind control manipulation on a day-to-day basis? All right. The creator tells us the following. We are tempted to jump in immediately in answer to this question by saying, what else have you got? We can tell you there is no other answer available to you to deal with these interlopers and predators who already have enslaved you and controlled your world and have done so for the duration of your existence. You must have divine help or all is lost if they decide they are done playing with you and rather you did not exist. This is the turning point you are reaching when they desire you to be done with humanity altogether. While it has been amusing for them up to a point, it has become too much trouble and they are growing bored and restless and want to be free of the burden it represents to keep this game going on such a large scale with billions of you needing to be corralled and manipulated. The catch in getting divine rescue is that you must believe in us and believe in yourselves in order to make such a request and enable us to go into action on your behalf. We are capable of helping you win this contest, but only if you ask and if you ask effectively for that to happen. Most people will not even be a part of such a request because they are asleep and it is highly uncertain you can awaken them to the reality of what is going on and gain enough sympathy and belief from them to even go through the motions of making a request to the divine. You will not get non-believers in God to either pray 
or use the Lightworker Healing Protocol, which is a tool for obtaining high-level divine assistance with respect to many specific issues and to bring to bear the full array of divine solutions capable of addressing any problem of any kind in ways humans cannot. These are powerful tools indeed, but without the requisite belief in the divine and the belief in oneself, we cannot act. If you believe you are powerless or unworthy, we cannot help you, even if you believe in us and our power. But we would tell you, first and foremost, if your belief is shaky, you can ask for divine help to strengthen it and cultivate it, along with strengthening within you to feel comfortable in that role of seeking divine partnership. Anything you feel that is out of alignment or inadequate, you can request be changed using both prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol, making that an issue to be worked on and resolved within through divine help. This is the power you hold. While you are powerless alone, you have all our power at your disposal if you can mount a suitable request. And that is why when you deny our existence, you are cutting cutting your own lifeline. You can win the day and soon if you get going. Learn to use these tools and use them frequently. It can only help and not harm, and it will help all you care about, and even those who you may not, but who need help desperately in order for you to be safe. What distinguishes the Lightworker Healing Protocol, in addition to its comprehensiveness and ultimate level in bringing forth divine power in a detailed way, is that it focuses on the perpetrators as the greatest and most urgent level of need and will be the key to the betterment of humanity and all other beings within your galaxy whom they subjugate. That is the ultimate solution to the problem of evil, to heal the evil ones among you and not simply keep shielding and patching together those who were harmed by the evildoers. If you summon us to partner with you, you can stand strong, and together we can do the healing needed to change your destiny forever for the better. Well, once again, we're learning that really what has to happen is the interlopers have to leave. We've been told this again and again and again, and I think it's underscored here again that that is really what has to happen. And we're talking about healing the perpetrators, but we just want to emphasize to the people that their healing needs are so deep and so great, we're not going to turn them into, you know, human beings in terms of their ability to portray love and experience love. That's going to be down the road, maybe maybe millions of years down the road before that can even happen. We just need them to lose interest and leave. <laughs> and Creator says that we can do that if we practice the Lightworker Healing Protocol, Carl. Yes, and, and this is so critical because we're going to be needed as light beings still, able to do meaningful healing from the light to keep this going. But we'll be out of harm's way at that stage. We have to earn our way to that advancement. We won't have a grand ascension of humanity until there is enough healing of humans. That can't happen until we heal the perpetrators enough to get them out of here. Yes. So the healing can proceed without hindrance. As fast as we remove brainwashing from people, they put it back in. As fast as we get divine help and healing for people, they wound us more. 
this is a you know kind of holding action we've been involved with heretofore. Right. The the light worker healing protocol is a grand empowerment to really break out and have more profound healing take place than has ever been possible to bring to bear. But we need the people to do it, to make the request using those tools, Empowered Prayer and the yes. LHP. And you can learn about Empowered Prayer with our prayer book, get wisdom.com slash prayer, get wisdom.com slash prayer. And of course, once again, can't emphasize it too much, get the Lightworker Healing Protocol ebook, get wisdom.com slash LHP, learn about it. Uh, you can partake it, use it, train for it. Um, it's going to make the difference and it's going to save us all in the end. That's all we have for this week's Get Wisdom. Thanks again, everyone. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.